Hey there, I'm Paul Lighting. You're listening to L.O. Governor, the podcast. Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me as always is Tom. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm doing alright. Can't complain. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just, just let's just skip to the wrestling talk because I got a lot to say when it comes <laughs> to the current WWE product. Because I'm not shitting anyone when I say this, but what Tom just told me literally fucking pissed me off so much I had to talk about it. Just keep in mind, it might be just be a rumor, but it. The rumor is apparently came from backstage with people who know Vince McMahon, and the guy who said the rumor has been quite used to work for WWE, and he's been right on his predictions a large majority of the time. It's bullshit. Much. It's it's fucking bullshit. I mean, should, should we tell him what, what it is first? What, okay. What they want so to do? for the so so okay. You remember, like, back in January, there was a big fuss over the Royal Rumble, and I said I didn't want to talk about it yeah. on the show, because what is there to say? What is there to say that I have not said over and over again when I've talked about the fucking WWE pr- product? They're pushing someone who's too green and not ready to be the champion? <sighs> That's one of the main problems. And, and and again, you're not you're not listening to the fans, you're just completely ignoring them. You're not giving them what they want. You're just half-assing most of your card on WrestleMania. Again, big shocker. Mm-hmm. And, and oh yeah, Arnold's in the Hall of Fame. Why? Fuck it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, they've done, this other, just, they've done this other thing when they inducted that little kid into it as well. Have you heard about that? That, that I understand, but Arnold, what has fucking Arnold done? I think he was at one point during the Act 2 era, I remember seeing him there, and then he was in a segment with, was it Hulk Hogan and, like, The Miz or something like that? He threw The Miz out of the ring, or something like that. I can't remember what, but I think it's Daniel is, is that what, is that, is, is, is that what all it takes to be yeah. a fucking WWE Hall of Famer now, just to make fucking cameos what, on Raw? Well, this is all annoying. It's just like, if you're going to induct like a celebrity sort of person, why don't you induct that, that female singer that was at the first WrestleMania? You don't know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Why you induct her? I'm just saying, there's a lot more... If This is this, this the problem with the celebrity wing of WWE. If you're going to have it, because we all know why it's there, because you just want to get perspicacy for inducting famous people into it, so you can get the media to look at you, saying, that, oh, we're inducting this famous person, and people are going to look at it. Is that just have people who actually 
done stuff in the company. Like, yeah, Mike Tyson, I agree. He has done stuff for the company. Donald Trump, even though I know he wasn't that much liked by people, at least he done stuff for WWE, like he helped him out. With the third and fourth WrestleMania, was at the Donald Trump buildings and stadiums, I remember. And then he also had done on and on stuff with WWE over the last decade, I would say. Best way to put it. And Mr. T was at the first WrestleMania, so first he two, yeah, first two, and and also was a part of with Hulk Hogan when he went to WCW back in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's that element there, but it's just you know, if you go and have a celebrity Halloween, make them actually like they actually done something, you know, reasonable. Like I know they inducted that football player was in that, uh, was it Royal Rumble? Um, was it like Royal Rumble type of match at WrestleMania with um, Andre the Giant? And I think, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. He it was actually in a wrestling match. So credit, credit with credit, fair do, you know? I'm I'm just really disgusted with the current product. Like, I think... I don't think Vince is out of touch. I think he, he knows what people want, but he just doesn't care. I think he, he doesn't he, shit. <laughs> he just wants what people what he wants people to like what he likes. That's I think that's his problem. And I think it's coming more and more power that uh, with Triple H running NXT, Triple H does on NXT what the people want. And on the main show, Vince does what he wants to do. I think he's not out of touch. He will listen to people now and again, but it's always has to be his way or no way, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like, you don't like what you like, you like what I tell you to like. <laughs> yeah, and I think even CM Punk brought this up a few times. It's just like, he always wants what people don't like. And it's just like, and, and it's been famously documented that it's Vince's way or no way. It's like, it's very, very hard to talk him down. I know, like, people like Stone Cold, um... Mick Foley, um, Rock, and a few other rest. Even even his son-in-law Triple H have said that Vince is hard to work with sometimes because he he always wants he always has the final say and stuff, and he will come in very last minute and will change ideas around or anything like that. You know. I mean, best example is ECW December to Dismember. Yeah. When, where Heyman wanted Punk to win the title. Yeah. Everyone knew he was over. But Vince was like, nah, you know, you got to put it on Lashley because he's a big guy and people like big guys and, and it's going to work out fine. <laughs> yeah, and you remember the storyline that followed off that? Vince Man can the ECW champion. He was bald and he wore that yeah. fedora. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you bury a company. You want to bury a company? Have have Vince win your fucking belt and just shit all over it. He won. He won the. He won the belt for his own company. I remember that back in. Yeah. Was it? Was that two thousand? Uh, 2007. No, I, no, it was earlier than that. Was... Oh, 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 the WWF title. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he won the ECW belt back in 2007. Yeah, yeah, he won that back in 2007. I remember that. Oh, God. But it's it's the product's very stale in places at the moment. Like, the annoying thing is annoying about the product at the moment is that you know... They're, they got good talent, really good talent at the moment, which is so annoying. It's that they have such good talent. It's just they're not being utilized either. 
It all the, it's, it's like. And you know what kills? You know what kills them? We talked about this before, but the scripted promos kill everyone. Yeah. They will kill you in an instant. Yeah. Like that's a re- that, that's the thing. Like you want to book Roman Reigns, right? You want people to cheer for him. Don't have him talk. Have him just come out, kick ass, and that's it. Well, again, I think I think the best promo I've seen him done in a long while is when um, you remember when they had to cancel Raw because of the rainstorms. Yeah. And you remember when they had that sit down talk like interview thing, you know, which apparently was supposed to be unscripted interview. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the best I've seen Roman actually do do and. You know, and on on, was it a backstage segment like doing talking? Because it's just like they addressed the problem that was with him and why the fans were not over with him. And also, he had a good little bit of promo with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, and he didn't say much. He said what needed to be said, and it worked out fine. But now, when you go when they go back to the main show, they're doing all this silly stuff with them. They're trying even the merchandising. If you look at his merchandising now, they're trying to make it look like John Cena merchandising. I'm just like, no, you don't do that. And it's thing. and it's really stupid because again, the, the, him and Daniel Bryan had a fantastic match at Fastlane. Oh yeah, they did. It was a really and match. and you know after that. People were not booing him as much because they saw what he could do in the ring against an actual opponent. And but then just, they go back, but but then they just go back to doing stupid scripted shit, and it just kills him. The problem with Roman Reigns is that I've said this when he won the Royal Rumble: too green. They should have saved him for the following year. You know, they should have saved him for two, 2016. Twenty sixteen. If they kept his momentum up the way they were keeping him up. By 2016, if he won the Royal Rumble, I think everyone would have been fine about it. I think everyone got pissed off because everyone thought Daniel Bryan was going to be the guy to win it, you know? Because and even then, even even after that, the problem with the Rumble itself was it was shit. It was the, the roster. It was the roster was small. The surprises were dumb, and oh. it. I, I agree with Mick Foley, what, what he said about it. He said, I'm not mad that Roman Reigns won. I'm mad that the Royal Rumble has just become another event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the product, it's it's like the product, the only thing with the product is that the talent is there. It's just WWE's not using it. And it just, they do making little stupid errors in places when you're like, okay, they can do this, but they go, like, they've got to completely 180 degrees in the opposite direction where they need to go to with their talent, their storylines, and stuff like that. Like, I, I'm happy that, you you know, it's just like John Cena is not in the main title picture, but you still have so much focus on him. And I'm just like, give it to someone else, you know? Also, are you seriously going to put him in a feud for the US title? That's bullshit. And He's above it. He is above it. <laughs> and again, with, with, with the rule just gone, it's like your ending segment, where I would say it's cool, but you have Randy Orton, Big Show, Kane, Stefan, and Sting in the ring. And I'm just like, okay, this is cool, but you've got one young guy in there. Big Show's already been over. Kane's already over. Why don't you just put some young heel guys in that, that ring? You know? Also, having having Sting do his signature move on two fucking jobbers. Great waste there. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it, it was a pretty cool day. He actually was talking. He actually said some stuff. But it's still at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's just like, it's a cool, it was a cool ending. But it was the only thing that saved that show. The rest, part of that, the rest of the show was boring. It's just like, it was predictable. It was scripted. And it's just like, didn't didn't know we go anywhere. And also, speaking of problems with the company, I think everyone's been saying this. And I've been saying this for a long, long time to you. The Divas Division. What on earth are they doing with them? Seriously. I know the whole butt of the joke is that, oh, look, the Divas are on. Let's go for our piss break. But it's got to the point now it's not even funny anymore. It's actually kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, look, I don't want to hate the Divas Division. But they've been booking this this division like shit since 2010. I mean, so I have no hope for it now. I will never have... I didn't have hope for it in 2010. I, I don't have hope for it now. You can tell when the quality of the Diva division went down when um, Lita and Trish Stratus left. Um, you you want to know when it le- when it died? Yeah. Beth Phoenix left. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. That would mean because it's like I remember there was a few good female Divas after when Trish and Lita left. Like, you had, like, uh, Mickey James. You did have Beth Phoenix. You did have Natalie around. And you had a few you had a few good female Divas around. It just, you slowly, slowly the, the good female Divas started to leave. And it's just like, you know... Why? It's like the quality of your product has gone down in that area. And just like, yes, you want... It's like, I can only name, like, what was it, like, four probably good female wrestlers at the moment within the company? Well, two. I mean, Paige and AJ, that's it. Yeah. Well, we say Natalie's good, but the problem yeah, is well, they always have a <laughs> NXT. She's always on NXT. And then out of, out of all the new... You, you know what's depressing? Watch a Divas match on NXT. They oh, actually fucking true. wrestle. Oh, yeah. They actually it's, fucking wrestle. Yeah. And also, even, it's even embarrassing when you get your audience chanting out, this is wrestling. Yeah. That is embarrassing for, for the company, you know? They're actually doing holds. They're actually chain wrestling. Fucking chain wrestling. Yeah. You're not having them, like, running the ropes or screaming their heads off and doing silly little moves in, like, certain spots that make no sense or them just, like, screaming their head off or something like that, you know? Like, I know yeah. you need to make a present, but constantly screaming, it's just... Like, yeah, that's why That's why I'm so disappointed in Paige, because when I saw... Watch any of her NXT stuff. She's amazing in the ring. Yeah. And I was just hyped for her. Like, one, get her on the main roster. Get her on the main roster. They got her on the main roster and did jack shit with her. Well, that's what I mean. It's just like, she really had no one to work off with. The only person she worked off with was AJ Lee, and then she was gone for quite a while, so... The only really person that actually worked well off her was Natalie, and that was it. And they kept putting her with, like, was it Alicia Fox and all these other female divas, and oh, it just didn't did click. You see, did, you see, did you see that horrible fucking powerbomb Nikki Bella did at Fastlane? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. She, I'm surprised she didn't break her fucking neck. That's what I mean. The Bellas can't wrestle. Alicia Fox cannot wrestle. Eve, was it Eve Maria can't wrestle? Uh, uh, Alicia Fox, I'm I'm shocked she hasn't killed someone with that fucking botched scissor kick of hers. Oh yeah, and um, oh god, um, Summer Rae can't wrestle. Um, Emma, Jesus Christ. Emma was, you know, the only thing with, with Emma is that she was good in NXT, but I do, I think she's gotten very, very sloppy when they put her onto the main roster. Really sloppy. Yeah, just how how do you kill her? Give her a comedy gimmick and stick her with Santino. That's, that's, you know... Oh, yeah, kill, kill her hype straight away. Because she's hardly <laughs> ever used anymore. And um, 
even um oh god which one was the Funko Dancers can wrestle I think it's Naomi the one that can wrestle wrestle and they hardly ever use her I'm just again uh, uh, this is not a let's hate on WWE thing they do do good stuff here and there but the good, the bad stuff just over overpowers it <laughs> yeah. and also it's, it's like and, and this is not this is just like not even counting the surface Want to know what pissed me off? What like what Tom told me with with the rumor was? Oh yeah, the they rumor. want they, they want they wanted they want they legit want Brock to keep the belts. Yeah, because the and, and I, it's like you you the guy you're building Roman Reigns is getting going to get squashed for nothing. Okay, that, that's disgusting. Because let's explain the rumor a little bit. Okay, I, I'll start off with this. Like the first original rumor was before before the main rumor I told you was that. The idea was that Brock Lesnar might be going back to the UFC in some sort of capacity, and his contract ends after WrestleMania 31. Yeah. And the original, but, but was, I, but I, but I looked at. I never believed that because, like I, like I said, Lesnar's like going to be forty, and once you're forty, you just can't. You're not going to no. perform to to their standards. Yeah, and the problem was that. Vince was afraid that he was going to go back to UFC and he was going to have the WWE title. And the problem was that um, he wasn't, he probably was not, the the original room was that he might no-show at WrestleMania. And that's a possibility because he did that, he'd done that like two weeks in a row at Raw because he apparently got in an argument with Vince McMahon over creative differences. And it happened, and you know, and that was the rumor was, and now the new rumor is that Brock wants to stay with WWE. He wants an extended contract, but they want to keep the belt on him now. So let's get this straight: a guy who pretty much told your company in 2004 to fuck to yourselves. I don't turned his shit. back. <laughs> Turn his turned back. his back. Shat on the entire product, shat on professional wrestling, called everyone who wrestled fake, and that he was real. Yeah. And then he comes back with his tail behind his legs, but under his terms. Like, oh, you gotta bow down to me. His term, my way, and everything like that. And they, they did. WWE pretty much gave in to his demands, and... And, and the only and what pissed me off it's like they they gave him to his demands and the only thing they asked for him was like oh you just dropped it to scene at, at like one pay per view, that's pathetic. That really is. Yeah, and it's just like you and now they turn him into this like massive monster here when he just comes in and you his matches are they're impressive but they're so predictable because you want to know why? Oh, his <laughs> suplex. I don't have to say anything more about his matches. I just, just sum up his matches. His matches now, suplex. That's all you need to say about him. Okay, what is he going to do? A suplex, and then possibly an F five at the end of the match, a few times. Uh, you want to? It's really sad for me to say this is because I'm a huge Undertaker fan, but that match at WrestleMania 30, Jesus Christ, that was fucking terrible. That's the. It wasn't this. This okay. Good. I know we're going off off the room again, but just quickly, I just want to say this. It's a. I didn't care that the Undertaker lost a streak. I was more pissed off that it was a shit match. He yeah. <laughs> lost the streak in. 
That's what pissed me off so much. It was slow. You could tell The Undertaker wasn't into it. He was just like, whatever. I don't give two shits. It it didn't help either that Brock gave him a fucking concussion halfway through the match. He was taken hospital immediately when that match finished. Vince wasn't at at the end of WrestleMania that, that year. And that's the guy you want to put your belt on. Brilliant. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was a decision that was made. Apparently that decision was made very last minute. Like, I think that was made like a few hours just before the actual match. And Vince was the one that made that decision. No, it's bullshit. Like, the guy who bro- breaks the Undertaker's streak in a shit match gives him a concussion. And you're like, oh, let's reward this guy with a fucking long-ass title run. Yeah. Great booking there. So, now, the thing is, they want to keep him in the belt, so Roman Reigns going to lose to him. They even reference on air about the whole Brock might get screwed over, Moscow screw job, whatever that bollocks is, poor Hamer went on about. So, Roman Reigns going to lose, and the initial plan is put the Intercontinental Championship on Daniel Bryan and put the US title on John Cena to give him more prestige. To put them up in the more higher category in the top main events, why Brock Lesnar is basically easy going, easy go, easy come, easy go with the WWE Championship as he likes. All right. It, is it too late to, to bring back the... What's the point? Watch, what, is it too late to bring back the... I am watching the product. I want to see that big golden belt to come back, personally, because at this point, it's just like, what's the point I have the WWE Championship if you're not going to have the WWE Championship anywhere in the fucking company? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just want Rick Fred, it might really be some bullshit with Rick Fred, though. He's going to go, woo, he's going to woo like seven times down to the ring and then woo five more times in the ring, giving his promo and say, I'm going to give this big golden belt and I'm going to give it to Triple H or some bollocks like that. <laughs> Oh my god! And then, 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 I, probably, I, then probably cut himself open and like bleed everywhere, and then like slam himself on the back, and then just woo out, and then complain about he need to pay off his mortgage. Dude, that would be awesome! It's true. Come on, Ric Flair, dude, <laughs> <Right>. come on! <laughs> Peter, you are Ric Flair to jump off a ladder through through a flaming table. He more likely would do it. Yeah, because he's fucking crazy, and I love him yeah, for again, that. He, if, if, yeah, but yeah, again, if we if 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 you ask if you ask Mick Prodi today, we call him a glorified stuntman. <laughs> that's going back. That's going back a few references now, isn't it? <laughs> like I said, in my mind, I don't picture Ric Flair having a normal conversation with people, because to me, he's always that over the top character I see on TV. I don't want to see him talk normal. Okay. <laughs> I think the best conversation with him, I know it was really bad, but it was the, um, was it the 2K WWE game? The first 2K <laughs> WWE game? That was amazing. Because he just went up there and did not give two fucks. <laughs> and the thing, I, I felt sorry for JR, because that's one of the main reasons why JR got fired, but that's another story. But I love, the one thing that just reminds me in that whole entire thing is, is, is basically when he's on the mic and went, Daniel Bryan, say my ass, Daniel. And then you just see Daniel in the background say, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I wanted to see him cut himself and say, you're a pussy, Brian. You're a fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah, that was... And 
Rey Mysterio just kept quiet during the whole entire thing. <laughs> I think he did like, like what was it like five words something like that, and he just he just like, I'm he's just like, like God damn it, I want to go back to Mexico. <laughs> well, the rumor is he's going off to Lucha Underground, so you know. Oh, he's better off there than he was in WWE. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But yeah, that's that was the rumor. That's all I have to say about it. We we just don't like we just don't like the decision that if the if they're gonna keep the belt on Brock, I think seriously they need to get him get the belt off him. They just need to give it to someone at this point because I don't care if it's Roman Reigns or it's not Roman Reigns or it's Daniel Bryan. I just don't want that fucking belt on Brock Lesnar anymore because I'm just getting. Sick I want to see I want to see that fucking belt get TV time. God damn it! Yeah, the peaks say <laughs> the belt is getting buried by Brock Lesnar. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> Ugh. The WWE title is getting buried by Brock Lesnar. You're doing a good job, Brock. Do you want to Triple H impression? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, that's that's all I've got. You got anything else to say? Well, WWE Network's finally coming over to this part of the place. <laughs> so, yeah, if you listen to us rambling through this WWE chat as per usual, thank you. And if not, you just skip forward to where a duel basically put the time code saying, yeah, skip here, you don't want to hear the wrestling stuff. Um, welcome. 24 minutes of pure wrestling talk. There you go. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, like, yeah, WWE Network's going to come in, and I'll probably just buy that and watch old WCW pay-per-views. You're going to watch Halloween Havoc, aren't you? I'm going to watch all of them, because all of them are fucking terrible. Oh, you mean when Roddy Piper bites Hulk Hogan's ass? <laughs> I still can't believe that actually, that actually happened. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah, fun times, fun times. <laughs> Again, let's not talk WCW, I'm going to be in here for Oh, God! <laughs> It's, com- it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to come. That WCW special is coming, okay? It's just... I know I said, like, episode 60, but fuck it, it's going to come, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to catch up again. Like you said, you're getting WWE Network finally, like I finally got WWE Network. So, you know, we're both <laughs> going to watch. We're going to watch all the WCW's catch-up, and we're all going to reminisce, and we're, we're, we're probably going to be messaging you. So I said, oh, I just watched this. What a load of crap. Oh, I messaged this. What, what, what a load of crap. Anyway, it's amazing, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> Dude, Rick, WCW Ric Flair is the best. WCW Ric Flair, oh, okay? Do you remember when they put Ric Flair in the tuxedo was a limo? No, no, when he made um, Eric Bischoff a limo driver and they put him in a duck. Oh, that was awesome. Come on, dude. That was funny. <laughs> Kevin Nash getting amnesia, the fucking Black Hummer being, <laughs> being white. The three ninjas that kept turning up for no apparent reason. <laughs> the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, God, I love the Dungeon of Doom so much. Yeah. And what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, and also Grandma on, on a pole match. <laughs> on a podium match, that was it. Grandma on a podium match. And that was, that was Buck Bagwell's actual grandma as well. <laughs> yeah. And, God damn it, this, net, this network cannot come sooner. I want to watch all these stupid papers. <laughs> all the Million Dollar Club versus the new breed. Uh, we're, we're Sting buries fucking Vampiro. Oh, you mean when Vampiro sets him on fire and then he comes back and just completely buries him in his return match? <laughs> oh, yeah, Vampiro is actually a commentator on um, Lucha Underground now. 
Yeah, oh, he looks like shit. Yeah. He looks like shit. <laughs> he looks like a young Raven if Raven was young. <laughs> and there's been no offense to Raven. Raven, you've never looked young in your fucking life. So, you know. Oh, he was... Come on, dude. I'm not a big Raven fan, but Johnny Polo, that, that gimmick was awesome. Oh, you mean when he came back to in TNA, when it was it, it EV2 and he bleached blonde dye his hair? <laughs> and he had purple streaks in it. ECW. ECW. No, they didn't even get the right for ECW. They had to call it EV2, remember? <laughs> It's like, you know who we are. Or better yet, when you can have Scott Steiner and Kevin... Oh, my out, God. be like, well, you're here. I'm here. The little guy's here. And you're here. We should get the band back together. That was a different time, brother. <laughs> I'm a good guy now. But obviously, I'm going to turn into a bad guy at some point. Because I'm working with Eric Bischoff. And he's not a cool cat, dude, brother. <laughs> Again. Oh, this, this is what happens when you mention ECW. We have to talk. God damn it. Um, DNA special and WCW special episodes coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. Um, should we speak about the Batgirl controversy for the Joker? <laughs> uh, no, I'm in a good mood. I don't want to ruin it by ranting about something to piss me off even more. Okay, um... <laughs> Let's just talk about Sonic Boom. Okay, fair enough. Up. For those that don't know, um, me and all we normally talk about Sonic Boom because it's the one of the good things that came out of the whole Sonic Boom franchise. So it is actually very cleverly written. And last time we talked about it, we went up to um, Circus of Plunders, and I am myself. I am all up to date on my Sonic Boom, and I believe you are as well. Yep. So should we begin with Unlucky Knuckles then? I thought this episode was pretty weak. Yeah, it was very, like... wasn't, like, bad, but it did have some funny moments, I would, I would say. I love the uh, the best part was what I'm saying. You see, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. And he, a random refrigerator just dropped on his head. Yeah. I think one of the jokes that made me laugh with Amy just, just, just turned the Sonic, and he's just like, can't you just... Like, can't you just pretend to lose to him for once? He went, he went, yeah, that isn't happening. <laughs> just <laughs> casually, Sonic just went quiet for a few seconds. He went, nope, that isn't happening. We've got to try, we've got to, try to get rid of his bad luck trick. Which made me laugh quite a bit. It, it was a... It's, it's, a very okay. forget, it's a very forgetful episode, isn't it? Like, I don't yeah. remember what happened in much. Like, Robotnik becomes lucky... And then Sonic's like, oh, we can make Knuckles go onto the other team and, you know, it can be funny, you know? Yeah. And also, um, also the, um, the Mega, the robot from episode three actually made a return in this. I, I love how he was defeated, though. That was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, with his head just exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you still have to clean it up, so I'm calling this a victory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Which I thought, yeah, it was interesting. Um, and also, the weird thing with this episode as well, Sonic Knuckles joined Dr. Eggman. Um, the first time, that actually happened in the Archie comic, funny enough, um, in issue two of the, of the comic. So I thought that was a nice little tie-in, touch or convenience, you know? <laughs> Yeah, pretty forgetful episode. Probably one of the weakest episodes in the season. Yeah. So, the next episode? Yep. The Me Too, right? 
I love this episode. It this one was awesome. <laughs> it just how Robotnik trying to act as Sonic and um, Robot Sonic acting. Act uh, it was funny. It was so funny. It was, had some really good points and a really good humor. And also, I just love the fact that Roger Craig, um, Craig Smith and Mike Pollock get to try to imitate the opposite character, which made me laugh. You know? Oh, Roger! Roger as Evil Sonic was fucking awesome. Yeah. And also the bit that made me laugh so much was the bit when when Eggman inside Sonic Body complimenting Eggman so much and everyone just cracked up laughing, could not stop laughing. That made me laugh so much. <laughs> everyone thought he was just being sarcastic as possible. He's pretending to be Sonic again. Well, I'm not going to be pretending to be Amy this time. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. That made me laugh so much. I'm like, oh my God, they actually did that. <laughs> and also as well, you know what made me laugh as well? You you know the bit that there's one bit um in, in the episode when um they put what's it, suntan lotion on Robotnik and he had on his forehead it was the Sonic symbol. Funny enough, that's yeah. the exact same symbol they use for the Sonic team logo. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not, that was actually kinda of funny. Nice. Which I thought was a very nice reference and um also, Burn, also Burnbot was mentioned um, in this episode as well, so I thought that was quite funny. Um, also, um, also when him and when Sonic and Knuckle were playing the um, arcade game as well, there also was a reference to Kill Instinct as well. Really? Yeah, when it's a c- c- combo breaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I love how fucking. Uh... Evil Sonic keeps getting Knuckles' name wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, Sniddles or... Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. And even, um, what is it, when, when Eggman's trying to practice how to run really fast as Sonic, I thought that was quite funny. And um, it just, I think Roger Chris Smith and um, Mike Pollock were having so much fun voicing, trying to voice, pretend to be the other character in the other character's body. I thought that was very well done. I think I, I love the joke with Tails where he's like, these, these, uh, these, um, meteorite is off the charts. I need a bigger chart. <laughs> and he pulls out the biggest chart. It's like little silly stuff like that. It's just like, it's got very good timing. That's what I think yeah. we said about Sonic Boom when we first started talking about it. The timing in the show is really good on its humor. Yeah. And again, a lot it's, it's, it's comedy done right. Yeah. something that Teen Titans Go needs to realize. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Overall, very good episode, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Next episode. Aim low. This is the episode when Robotnik loses all um, conflict. He uh, basically lost all motivation within himself, so he gets a motivation speaker, which is Storm the Eagle. I think it's, I think uh, Storm the Eagle it has the creepiest fucking design out of all of them because his teeth just kind of creep me out. <laughs> I think the guy that got the voice in as well was really really funny. Saw uh, no, no Saw the Eagle that was. Uh, Saw Saw yeah yeah. Um, I love the same episode. Uh, uh, Travis Willingham, the same guy who does oh. uh, Knuckles. <laughs> okay, he's a funny character. I I like I I, th- I thought this episode was okay. I I thought that it, once again it's an, another Eggman episode, and you can tell like the writers love writing for Eggman for this show, and 
I don't know. I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't as funny as like pr- the previous episode, but yeah, it's okay nonetheless. It really didn't do anything for me. Yeah, and and the thing I like about it, when Robotnik goes to his seminar, he's the only one there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because he hires him, <laughs> and he acts yeah. like, and and he gives a speech like he's actually at a at a seminar. <laughs> yeah, that was it. He's like, oh, he said, he said, now you buy all my merchandise, and that'd be that much money. <laughs> Which I thought was quite interesting, and it's just like... Um, when that man claims he got his confidence back, he does a moonwalk as well, which I thought was kind of funny. He just randomly does a moonwalk for no reason. <laughs> oh, God, I love the joke with Amy and Nichols. Is He's like, you, Eggman's being more creative than uh, than usual, don't you think? And, and Knuckles is like, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that made me laugh quite a bit. And also, the thing I love about this episode as well, where Eggman's slowly getting, getting to depression. Sonic becomes more and more unstable, like he doesn't know what to do with himself. Oh god, I love the ending where he where they're just trying to foil him and he's like he's just ignoring them watching TV. Yeah. It's <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh about it, the the one thing that gets Sonic to have a go at Eggman was when he insults Amy and he's like, Hey, don't talk to her like that. He's like, Oh what? <laughs> <laughs> You know, eventually they're going to address that elephant in the room with Sonic and Amy at one point in one of the episodes. You know that. I, I, I just, I just love it because it's, it, again, it's, it's, it's a great parody because usually you would see Robotnik being the one coming in and spoiling the fun on the Sonic gang, but in this case, it's the Sonic gang who's trying to attack him while he's just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I just think that was done really, really well, and. Um, and it's just the fact that the characters are being very well developed, and I like um, how they're going and everything like that. And even they had a reference, was it, to Hedgehog Abbey, to to the reference to the British drama show Downton Abbey, which I thought that, yeah. was, very, <laughs> that was very random. And even there was, was it, Hedgehog Idol, which is another one Eggman watches, which, which is, you know, the whole reference to American Idol. Cut it out, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. That's hilarious. And that's the one thing that caused Sonic to start. Sonic and Eggman start getting a fight because Eggman insulted Amy, and Sonic didn't like it. <laughs> and I thought overall, 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 a really good episode. Absolutely. So yeah, on to the next episode, which is called "How to Succeed in Evil Without Really Trying." Ah, uh, the return of the past villains. <laughs> yeah, all the past villains turn up as an evil group, and I just love the fact that Robotnik just reads like, yeah, you guys are all beneath me. <laughs> oh my god, I love their designs. Like, they're wearing hoodies and fezzes over them. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're all evil and stuff like that. And then when you turn out, it's just like, yeah, we're not that good at it. So we're just going to mute off Eggman and just do our stuff. Oh, I love the joke. I love the cutaway gag with them trying to <laughs> in Eggman's garbage, trying to steal stuff. <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh as well, there was a Batman. There was a reference to, to the nineteen sixties Batman show. Yeah, <laughs> Eggman said, he said, "Go on, Cuba, Hobo, away!" And he just see the Eggman logo go. Yeah, to the Eggmobile. I thought, oh my god, they actually made that reference. That's actually kind of funny. That was generally funny. And um, um God, what what else? I I I love the tree gag. <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "We're all the tree." Well, well, that tree's still standing. Those points, and it's like, 
that tree's not real. I just need to just get up. You see someone dressed as a tree, just run off. Uh, and when Eggman actually turns up to the evil bad guys' headquarters, and I, the thing I love about it so much was that all the bad guys in that thing were fanboying out over, over, over Eggman. <laughs> say, Will you sign my trunk? Oh, God, I think the best part is Amy and Sonic arguing about their their plan, <laughs> and then the guy goes, can you guys hold this door open for me? No! <laughs> I, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. And the, the weird thing with Sonic and Amy is that they definitely have some sort of chem- on-screen chemistry with each other and some sort of capacity more than friends. And I think they're like, they played that up for laughs, which is very, very good. And they built that over time, I felt, you know? I just love that joke with them talking, arguing about the plan. And then the guy comes down and he's like, could you hold this door open for me? I need to get something. And then they're <laughs> like, no! <laughs> yeah. And then for the whole day episode, he, he Sonic remember wind up Amy when he's not addressing her at all. Well, that was quite funny. And the whole the whole plot of the episode was quite interesting. Like, a, like Sticks is picking berries. Tails destroyed the whole entire farm. He wants to get out the easy way. And um, also, I love the fact when they do turn up at the evil bad guy's base, like Eggman said, well, the normal thing being a bad guy is that you're supposed to kill Sonic. And it's like, grab your weapons. And I just stop. Just... We don't have any weapons. <laughs> and it's like, you remember that word you told me you would not want me to say? Dweeb. You're a bunch of dweebs. <laughs> and he just like, they start throwing everything at Sonic and Amy and Tails. I thought, I thought it was a very, very, very funny episode. Even the the final gag with Sticks, I thought was quite funny. We say, it's a Sticks, you got to stick around and help with it. Nah, I actually got a, got a date with this tree. Very nice guy. Talks a lot, though. <laughs> and he's like, oh, at the party when he's like, yeah, the zipper stuck. Can anyone help me? <laughs> yeah, that was it, yeah. Overall, very good episode, and um, I recommend favorites. it. <laughs> good episode. And that final episode... Um, don't Judge Me, which uh, this episode... We talked about is, it a little bit, but... It's the, trippy, it's, it's the trippiest episode they've done so far. It was amazing. <laughs> this episode was amazing. It's like I thought, okay, they're going to have to reference this. They're going to have to do that, and they did. But they went, they did more than that, which I love. And it's just like it's just the fact that the whole episode revolved around Eggman's trying to sue Sonic. And, and I love the fact that it seriously. And I love the fact that well, what's his face? What's his face is Eggman's lawyer from oh. Sir. <laughs> oh yeah, the Fox guy from his lawyer, and then the news reporter is. There's like a bunch so, of recurring characters in this episode, yeah. and I just love that the comedy chimp show as well. Um, that you remember that comedy chimp that turned up. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, finally he comes back, <laughs> and he has his own stage show, and he has this whole segment when he's getting chased by someone dressed up as Sonic on a Betty Hill style <laughs> sort of thing. It's just like I thought, ah, that's satire on 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 comedian shows at the moment. Oh, funny. <laughs> and and also, this is the first episode that Burnbot actually talks as well. We actually get to hear Burn, Burnbot actually talking. And it's so uh, funny. <laughs> His voice is so funny, Burnbot. And it's just a fact. Because I remember when I said this to you. Wait, you know what's going to happen? He's going to have. He's, he's going to have a. He's, he's going to have a. Eggman's going to have a really good lawyer. He's going to rig it somehow. He's either going to have the jury as robots or the judge as a robot. It turns out the judge is a robot wearing a wig. No one seemed to notice that it's a robot. 
I think to me, but the best part about this episode is hands down Knuckles. His character was written perfectly. Oh, yeah, yeah I actually said that. I think I actually said that in the last podcast to you. I went, Knuckle has to be Sonic's defense. He has to be. <laughs> and it was, and he wore, like, little glasses, and he's, like, trying to eat a sandwich, and, he's, like, he's holding it upside down, and all the food falls out. Oh, goes, God, I, lo- I love his opening line as well. He's like, thanks for making me your attorney, because I know you trust me, and not because you think this whole thing is a sham and a joke. <laughs> was brilliant. And I just love the fact he went, I call Knuckles to the stand. He, and he's just like, and he's just like, Knuckles slowly winding up Sonic to the point when he wants to beat Knuckles up, which I thought was brilliant. And also when he called Tails on the stand, Tails made him sound so heroic, and then the bad guy, um, Eggman's defense, is just like, oh, so you're saying Sonic can actually beat up innocent people now, don't you? He went, no, but... And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot to leave out. He has a fabulous singing voice. And, oh my god, it, it was done so well, and it just... I think this had one of the most trippiest... Um, what was it, side gags, which I've seen in any of the episodes. It's like, Burnbot said, okay, we're going to go to a recess session. And it, they say, down to the dance party. You just see him, Knuckles, and the bailiff just dancing over the course with it. It's like an old-fashioned 80s disco room. And I thought, what earth is going on? And, and you, you, know, you know what's brilliant? They couldn't have had any background characters be part of the jury. But the fact that... But big props to them for actually having the beaver be part of the jury... And actually having him be in character. And actually That's being, awesome. And being voiced by Mike Pollock again, which I thought... Yeah. yeah. It was really good. And I love <laughs> the ending of it as well. Amy just turns up and literally just, like, shows up everyone. It's just like, I can't... I go away for a week with a B seminar, and I come back and find out this is happening. <laughs> you call this a gavel? That's not a gavel. This is a gavel. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant, and it just like the ending was really good. It was done really well. I think this has to be. This is one of my favorite episodes so far, and even I think this this is hands down my favorite episode because everything, you know, the comedy works. Like this is how you do comedy right, it's especially for a kids show as well. You know, I mean, because every character plays perfectly. Every character plays to their strengths. You know, Eggman over-exaggerating a small bump is hilarious. And, you know, again, Mike Pollock just owns the role. He's easily the best Eggman ever, really. Jeffrey <laughs> is one of the most diverse Eggmans we ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of and, us, yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about the gag with the video. Oh. <laughs> Are you talking about the ending joke? No, no, where he's like, I'm a caring man, and he's this whole time he's in a pussy pad. Yeah, that was it, yeah. <laughs> it made no sense, it just literally can't wait. It's like, what on earth did I just watch? <laughs> now that we, now that we uh, finished taking that footage, we don't need these costumes anymore, right? <laughs> yep. Oh, this episode was amazing, and I think to me my favorite part is hands down Knuckles calling himself to the stand. Yeah, that was. With <laughs> and he just constantly insult him and everything, like that. and it, and even the very end as well with um, Scorn um, Saul basically cuts off over to the comedy chip New Year's Eve party and just a giant banana come down, which is and he just pretty much yeah that's pretty dull, isn't it? <laughs> It just ends with him going down like a giant banana, and that's it. Uh, this, the, hands down, this is my favorite episode. I will say this right now. 
Because, like, the more I think about it, the more it's like, it works perfectly. It's, it's, it's comedy done right. It's, like I said, this is how you do an 11-minute short comedy. It, it's the same, that's what I mean, from, from you and me, we're, we're in our, like, was it, 20s, and the thing is that this is made for a little kid. If you can get people our age group to laugh at this, you're doing something right, you know? I mean, this is like... I wouldn't say 90s humor, but like close enough, you know, because it's, it's been a it's been a long time since I've laughed at something this, you know, this recent. Yeah. And it, it, the thing which is clever about it is that it's like it knows that it's trying to be like an old 90s cartoon, but at the same time, it's satiring a lot of it. Like it's aware that it's a cartoon within itself. But it's playing it up for laughs, which I really like. And <laughs> and the thing is that they just, it's the thing with the show. It's like when when we heard it was originally get made, it said it's going to be a comedy. They're going to go into like these weird random sketches and stuff like that. I thought, oh god, this is going to be like Team Titan Go. And the thing is that yes, it probably did, but it's doing it well. You know, like it, no, it's not doing it well. It's doing it right. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And it, because like. Again, with the problem, the problem with Teen Titans Go is like it fails as a comedy because it it doesn't know how to work, how to write it, how to write its characters properly, and it just relies on the random for being random jokes, yeah. and that just, just just does not work. Both Sonic Boom, they establish a universe, they establish the characters, and they work with the with the formula yeah. that, that they that they that they uh, that they're given. Oh yeah. And again, it's so amazing how much you get into a eleven minute run runtime per episode, and it that's really really what what surprises me. I'm like, how on earth are you going to do like eleven? And they do they they get this like each episode in eleven minutes. They, they tell a story, they get the jokes in, and you know, and it, it works out well. It's like out of all the episodes, they've been very. It's like even like the episodes are not good, they're still funny. You know, like they've still got some really good moments. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those shows that really caught me by surprise, because like I said, when I saw the first footage, I was like, eh, you know, this could go either way, but it, it was really good. Like, the show is, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a really good, funny, animated cartoon, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. Absolutely. Like, it, yeah. does, it, it does it right, and I'm sad that it's not getting more love, because again, it's overshadowed by the game's badness. Yeah. Because this is what I, I mean. wish I wish it had a different name. I I just wish that people don't just automatically associate it with with the with Sonic uh, with the with that terrible video game. Yeah, and the thing I do like about this show as well is that if you see a background character, you're more likely going to see an episode when they focus on that character with the main with the main cast, which I like, and they bring back the characters as well. And the thing that I also do like about this is that when they do. Because they established that there's like a town, like a village of some sort, you know? And yeah. And it always feels full, like it's not empty, you know? And like I said, every every minor character you see in the show could could have a, their own spinoff. Yeah. Because they're that well-written. And they reappear. And they, there's a ton of references to stuff outside Sonic Boom's universe, like to other Sonic products. Like, they reference Archie. They reference, like... Sega itself, and you know, and all different things. Like they even had little music tracks. Like I know one of the previous episodes, they had a previous music track to was it Star Knight Zone, which I thought was a very nice reference. They had the Sonic Team logo in one episode. Even the Dreamcast logo turned up 
in one of the episodes as well as a little Easter egg. And I thought, you know what, that's actually kind of funny. It cares that they show that care about the product, you know. And I and, think, and again, and again, it works well because you have a small group of characters and they interact with each other. Like oh, we yeah. see them interacting with each other as opposed to just having it focus on one character and that's it. Yeah, and I think the thing that uh, like I see, really... like I see a lot of shows do have this problem where they have a wide cast of characters but they only focus on one character and that kind of ruins it. Yeah. But I think this works better because it focuses on the folk. You know, it has a big cast of characters and it knows when to use them properly. Yeah. It's like, do we need a we 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 need we need uh, we need Knuckles to be dumb here. We need Amy to say something here. We need this the this that this that. You know, and it works perfectly. And the thing I really liked about about this as well is like they know how to write the characters. Like, it took me a while to get the light Knuckles. I would say that much. And like. I think after, like, the first four episodes or so, I started to like Knuckles, you know? And because I didn't like, oh, he's going to be a dumb idiot. But then they started being creative with it. Like, for example, I think one of the most creative times they've been with, with him is, um, I think it was in, in the um, Circus of Plunder, was when, when somebody said, well, Danger's my middle name. And then Knuckles said, I thought your middle, middle name was the. <laughs> and, that, and that's being clever. That's being, like, dumb clever, you know? Yeah, like like I said with Amy's joke where she, where she says uh, Eggman's being more creative, don't you think? He goes, I try not to. Yeah, exactly. It's that's it's set up punchline. Yeah, and that's and, how you do it. Yeah, and the thing, the other thing I like about this as well is like, okay, Sonic's very kept intact to what you expect. Sonic's Tails is very kept intact. Knuckles they change drastically with his character. Even Amy, it's probably had the biggest overhaul. You know. As a character, of course, I thought, okay, how are they going to treat her in this cartoon? And I thought, oh my god, you're actually making her like a normal human being, you know? For an animatic hedgehog, you know? Like, they was not made of this crazy fangirl sort of character to constantly chase Sonic constantly, you know? Oh god, I love, I remember, I, we didn't mention this when we talked about the episode, but I love the joke where uh, Sonic is bored and he's hanging out with Amy, and she's painting a painting of herself, painting a painting. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And <laughs> it's little stuff like that. It's just like, it, you you make these characters interested, because, like, with Amy's character, actually gave her character. Cause, let's be honest, before, she didn't really have much character. Like, all she was was, like, someone who was an extreme fangirl over, so- over Sonic, and, like, they made her, like, this little, like, was it, like, they made her into, like, a feminist um, smart character and like who secretly has a crush on Sonic, who Sonic secretly has a crush on her, but they won't. No, they just they just wrote her as an actual fucking character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one, I one don't mean, I'm just pulling out the character traits they actually gave to her. You know, that actually made her into an actual character. You know, you know. Yeah, and and again, and, and her and, and her character is needed because she's like the voice of reason yeah. for the group. Absolutely, yeah, totally. And it and it, and again, it works. she works. She works well off with Sticks because Sticks is crazy. the exact opposite. <laughs> Sticks is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think the other thing that really helps, like with the character of Amy, Tails, Eggman, Sonic, Sticks, and Knuckles, is the fact the voice actors are so good. They got really good voice actors. You know. Like, Rod Craig Smith, he's having a whale time being signed. Even Mike Pollock, you could tell he's enjoying every single minute of it. This is the first time I've heard Mike... Because, again, I've been, like, very critical of Mike Pollock. I'm like, oh, he just plays Zach Man as, like, this generic bad guy over and over again. 
because like I when I even interviewed him, I I said like you know I I kind of it took me a while to get used to your voice because you know I was so used to growing up with jo- uh, Long John Baldry, I used to think that he was the per- perfect Robotnik because he had he had a character. Yeah, he was over the he was over the top. He was goofy. He had a regal voice, and he was funny as all hell. And I just did not find that same character with Pollock's interpretation until now. Yeah. Now, because he's given more creative freedom to do what what he wants and play the character in a different role, I like the fact that he's playing him not as a mad scientist, but just as a guy who just wants to take over the world. Like yeah. that's his hobby. <laughs> yeah. And the and again with all the character characters, everyone who voices the characters are generally funny. You know, like they actually gives them the characters and actually pull off the jokes. You know, because. If you don't have good timing or good um, a good delivery on a joke, that can kill the joke as well. And I think all the people who voice all the characters are really, really good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it is, I think that helps. That helps the show so much, you know? Especially, like, with its limited animation. Like, it's, it's kind of what... If there's a flaw to the show, I would say that the character animation is kind of flawed, is kind of limited, but the writing helps it helps you not notice it. Yeah, to be fair, the CGI is good in places, but you can tell when they stack off in some places. But like you said, the characters, the voice acting, the storytelling, the jokes really, really do help it, you know? And you know what works so well about the show, the, its biggest strength? What's that? You say? Is that it's not trying to say... It's, is that it's not trying to, to tell the same story over and over again. Each episode is different. Each episode has different types of humor. Each episode feels different from the last. Yeah. And I think the other thing that helps it as well is that it's trying not to be like Sonic. It's trying to be its own thing, you know? And the last show that tried to do that was, well, Sad AM. AM. Yeah. <laughs> and that worked really, really well. Yeah. I don't know, Saturday M was a bit darker in tones and a little bit more serious. But the reason why both shows work separately in their own rights is... is because they th- because they took the concept and said, let's do our own thing with it. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Because with video games, like when, you, when you're adapting something, you know, like Mario or Sonic, there are no stories to those... To those um, to those uh, franchises, and, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, "Well, how are we going to adapt this to a fuck to a cartoon?" You just have to do your own thing with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just I think a lot of people were put off by the show because of the video game, and I think I think it's kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge shame and a huge disappointment. And um, hopefully, um, the game, hopefully the game eventually everyone should forget about the game and just focus on the show, and even the comic is not bad either, to be honest. I've been reading that, and that's been alright. And, um, you know, it's just that, it just about, it had two bad video games that came out that was tied into the product. The games are obviously rushed out, unfortunately, and they just didn't do well, you know? And it hindered it quite a bit, and that's kind of disappointed that it did hinder the whole fact that this show is very well well made, and the people who are making it do care about the product, you know? You can tell, like, there's effort put behind this. Yeah. Because, like I said, 
a lot of these new shows keep coming out on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or whatever. They're just rushed. Like, they have no effort put into them. They're just, like, there. Yeah. And there's a few shows I've watched uh, on Nickelodeon and stuff like that. And I would say I really... Um, it's like, out of all the cartoon shows that are on, to be honest, uh, out of the new ones, the only one I really watch is this and the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. And that's it. Be honest. Oh, that's uh, sad. Huh? <laughs> well, that's kind of sad. You're missing out on a lot of good stuff. <laughs> I know, but yeah, again, I don't have that much time to watch it, but I'd rather want to watch something I know I'm going to enjoy, you know? And I... In, I really, I seriously, I enjoy Sonic Boom and I enjoyed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon. You know, I really enjoyed those two shows, and 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 I know the Teenage Mutant Turtle one takes itself a lot more serious with some comical elements, and I know Sonic plays up the whole comical elements and less focus on story driven stuff. But I like them for for their own reasons, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, I'm kind of disappointed that Sonic Boom is not getting the more, more love because of the video game, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, the, the good news with Sonic Boom is that the ratings have been good, and it's like, it's one of the best show, shows on its time slot. I know. It's, it, I think, so it's, it's, and you know what's great about it? It's like, it's one of those cartoons that actually airs on a Saturday morning, you know? Yeah. That's what I mean, it's just like, um... No, I mean, I know on its time slot, I know if you live on the, was it, the west coast of America, it's on really, really early. I think it's on like 7 or 6 o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> but it is doing really well in um in its time in its time slot, because it's getting like, think, think of this, on a Saturday morning cartoon, if you're getting a million views per episode, you know, you're doing something right. I mean, if if you get like the one one point something, you're you're doing good. Yeah. But if you're getting like a zero point something, yeah, then you're. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I know a few of the episodes got few than one million, but the large majority of the episode, more of the episodes outweighing getting over a million views per episode. You know. Yeah. So it's doing something right. People are watching it. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, I think that I think that's enough gushing over Sonic Boom. <laughs> if you can't tell, we both like it. You should watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about something really dumb. Golden Frieza. Oh, Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that don't know, um, if you've been living under a rock or you haven't heard the news. Uh, Dragon Ball C yet again is coming back with another film, which is called Fusion F. I believe that's the title for it. And they announced to bring Freezer back, and everyone's wondering how on earth is Freezer going to fight Super Saiyan two? No, Super Saiyan three Goku. And it's just like, okay, how are you going to do this? Because in the last film, Goku got his ass handed to him by the God of Destruction. So Freezer was heavily referenced in in Battle of the Gods. So I thought to myself, yeah, Freezer is going to come back. It's obviously they're going to make a next Dragon Ball Z film. Obviously, Freezer is going to be involved in some sort of capacity. And sure enough, they announced Freezer. The internet exploded. Like, everyone's <laughs> like, oh my God, Freezer, what on earth? And then and then that old talk saying, oh, don't worry, bring back Freezer. He's just going to get his ass handed and blah, 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 this, that, this, that. And everyone started pointing fingers. Everyone started making fan art and all this sort of bollocks. And, um, so they said, oh, no, no, he's going to come back with a new form. The internet exploded again. 
and they revealed the new form in a new trailer. <laughs> and it looks and it looks like shit. <laughs> it literally looked like Frieza took woke up this morning and had a golden shower. <laughs> literally, you know what? You know what bothers me even more is like they 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 made him all yellow, but his mouth is like purple. That that reminded me of Cooler a little bit, that purple mouth bit. And it's just like, you made him the Golden Freezer. And, and I think the official title for this form is called The Ultimate Evolution. <laughs> and now you wonder why the film bombed <laughs> isn't getting good reception in Japan. Well, the thing is that they gave it test reordinance in Japan and apparently it didn't do well. And they, <laughs> they even, there's a whole news article about it. They want to get this dubbed and get it out in American theaters to proper capitalize on the profits. But they don't, this is what I mean. It hasn't screen tested well in Japan. We don't know if, it's, if the American audience are going to get it more than Japan fans. I don't know. But the Japan fans really what makes make or break these sort of shows, let's be honest. Because in, in the end, it's their product, and they don't really give two shits if you stream it on Hulu or whatever in the States. Yeah, you Crunchyroll, know? Funimation, or yeah. buy on DVD. <laughs> you know, it's like, it doesn't, if it's not, it's like if you make a product that's supposed to be made in the original homeland and it doesn't work out there, they're not going to capitalize on foreign markets the large majority of the time, you know? For some weird reason, this is, if you're Downton Abbey, this go beyond that extent, but you know, for some weird odd reason, every single American loves Downton Abbey, but if you live, live here in the UK, no one talks about that fucking show. <laughs> I'm joking about that. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, because the, the only people who like Downton Abbey is the people outside of the, outside of the UK. Yeah. No one gives a shit about it in the UK. No, we don't. We, I, I think... This is what I mean. The thing with Downton Abbey, I think a lot of people I knew watched like the first like two seasons, and then after that, they were not bothered with it anymore. They're like, oh, we don't care, and they just keep making it now because it's so popular in America and everywhere else. Everyone's like, oh, well, that part of England is very, very lovely. I like the living that all the time. Okay, so you're saying that you love, love to live through World, World War One and World War Two? Okay, go right ahead. Be my guest. <laughs> See, there's this movie, there's this TV movie called Trenches that you need to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but just I digress on that, but um, but yeah, they announced this Golden Free. The the reception was not good. The film's not getting great receptions, and yeah, it's just not. People are just not connecting with with, with the film, and they want to capitalize on the money and it. It's all very, very weird. And if you haven't... Because like, like I said, if you think, you know, 2015 and 2016 are going to be the years that are going to be remembered as the 90s nostalgia overload, because it's been like 20 or so years now, and they're going to start capitalizing on nostalgia. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're just, you know, I think they're just going to capitalize on it. I think it's it's going to make its money. It's going to it's going to make a profit. But I think it's not going to be as well received as Battle of the Gods. And this is the weird thing, was it? It's kind of funny how Battle of the Grid Gods was universally um, people were like, "Oh my God, what are you doing? This character looks horrible." And when it came out, a lot of people generally liked the film. And oh, then, Bill! Bill! Bills is a badass in okay, that. I exactly. like him. <laughs> no one liked Bills when they announced him, and then, then they announced Bring Back Freezer, and everyone's like, "Okay, this cool." And then everyone's then it started to settle in, and went, "Okay, this is kind of stupid." And um, 
I, I really don't know. I really, really don't know what's going on going on in their minds with this. It's one of these things. It's like um, I don't know what to expect with this. Okay, let, let, let's just go with it and see what happens. Because again, I know that Funimation, Dragon Ball Z is like one of their biggest money makers. But you're gonna, they're gonna, are they're gonna really gonna take a chance on this? You think? I think they are. I think they're trying to capitalize on the fact that Freezer's in it, and I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to capitalize more on the Western market than um, the previous incarnations. You know. That's just yeah, because constantly. because back, back back I remember back in like when 2009 was it when they did the first special that did that didn't air until like 2012 in in the states. It took about a good year for it to come out. Yeah, yeah. I remember back then and because back in 2009 like there wasn't enough hype for Dragon Ball Z to come back in the states, but there we um, go. They did the whole special with you know Son Goku. Returns yeah. and something like that, and that didn't. I think still today, that still didn't get like a fan translation, you know. Hmm. But did it? I thought no, it no, no, did. no, no, it's never been dubbed. Really? Yeah, seriously, Son Goku Returns that never been dubbed in English. Think that they would capitalize on that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, well, I mean, they, they showed it. No one really. They they thought they didn't have any hype, and the thing was that. They made Battle of the Gods, and they released it here in America and, and in the West, and it really did well. Seriously, it did so well in the West. Like, they were shocked. I think the people were generally shocked. They're like, okay, this is doing well. Why is this doing well, and ca- how can we capitalize on it? And they did for a while. I mean, after Battle of the Gods, you guys finally got the Funimation dub. <laughs> oh, yeah, we actually got that on Blu-ray and a DVD and everything. Everyone's like, oh my god, we're generally getting a Dragon Ball Z film, finally. <laughs> One being dubbed by Funimation, nonetheless, you know? And <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm happy for it. I, I really want to see more of it. I really want to see where they're going to go with it. But I, I generally feel that not, I think they're going a bit in the wrong direction with it. I think they are relying more on nostalgia and face recognition with Frieza than anything else, fighting Goku again, you know? Uh, the, I, I'm calling it right now. The next movie's going to be like Cell or something like that. <laughs> oh, God, the return of Cell. With <laughs> Cell Jr. Jr. <laughs> I want to see that now. So Junior Junior, oh, and, I, and just reverse colors. <laughs> what so black and blue dots? Yeah. <laughs> oh good, I can actually. So instead of being the son of Cell, it's the son of Cell Junior. <laughs> yep. Wow. Now, now I've here and heard everything. Son of Cooler. <laughs> and and now you understand why I have a love hate relationship with Dragon Ball Z because when it's really good it's really good when it's really dumb it's really dumb there's no in between. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Very very interesting. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got to say about Dragon Ball Z. Um. Nothing really else, to be honest. <laughs> well, 
Might as well talk about the stupid cover. Oh right. Um, uh, get the get the whiskey. <laughs> it's not the fact that the cover; it's just the fact that the stupidity on the reason why the cover's not getting published or getting yeah. printed is what causing the uproar. Yep. <laughs> For those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, there was a... Which how could you not know? Because it's been all over the fucking internet for the past couple of days. <laughs> there was a variant cover, which is when it had a picture. The image was on a backdrop with the Joker dressed up in his iconic clothing from the killing joke in the shadows, having Batgirl tied up with the Joker lipstick thing on her face, her, like, crying in terror, with a gun in it over her shoulder, pointing pointing around about near her spinal area, and it, everyone went, it went up into an uproar, because a few individuals got upset about it, the artist who made the cover wasn't happy that the reception it got, so he asked DC to pull the cover, DC were like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Everyone has lost their minds. Which is kind of funny, considering DC did a movie variant cover month, and you, they had a Magic Mike one, and yeah. no one complained about that. <laughs> Seriously, there was a Magic Mike one. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did not know that. Yep, no one complained about that. No, no fucking take down that, no change that cover. No fucking change the cover for the Wonder Woman one. Yeah. <sighs> I don't get it. I generally don't get it. It's because people are fucking morons, that's what. Yeah, it's just like, I I don't know why... It's one of these weird things, you just look at it and you're just like, ah, oh, that's a thing. Okay, then. I, I fucking hate censorship. I, I really do. I mean, they asked him to do, to do the to do a drawing, he thought of the killing joke, and it's an homage to that, and it's a fucking variant cover, it's not the official fucking cover, you idiots. I can tell you were really, really not happy about this. I mean, it's a, it's a variant cover, it's not the main cover, so don't give me that shit about, oh yeah, well, you know, kids are gonna see it, it's a variant cover, variant cover issues don't get shipped that much, and if they do, you're lucky. Oh yeah. Variant cover va- variant covers are only there for the collectors or the people who want to, who want something extra out of the comic. That's it. Oh That's yeah. That's it. Absolutely, yeah. No one's going to see it. No one's going to but everyone had to make a big deal out of it and now it's everywhere. There you go. Yeah. Kind of kind of disappointing that sort of happened. You know, of all the shit that comics had to deal with over the years. The comics code, censorship, the fact that it took took us years before we could actually show guns in comics and and death and all that stuff, and we're still censoring stuff. Why? Why? Because of reasons. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Yeah. You know. Oh well. It happens, unfortunately, and it happened to this consent, and I think a load of people are not happy about it. They're not happy with the outcome, and, you know, you know, I'm 
I'm not happy with it. So I think um, the whole problem is, is just that you just have this whole debacle just happen because a few people didn't like it. The artists pretty much did not like the reception towards what people were saying about the cover and he asked DC to pull it and they did and it, you know, it just didn't go their way and it's it's kind of disappointed and I it really is disappointed that they they had to do this and it's kind of a cool thing it's because we're gonna um, let's be honest it's like if no one if this didn't happen it'd just be in another cover but it's just the fact that it has happened people were talking about it it's kind of weird how that happens in that sort of regards and. Um, respective in places, unfortunately. Just that you talk about it, um, no one gives shit about it. You pull something, everyone loses their mind. I saw this little meme that someone did. It's just that, show the Joker kill thousands of people, no one gives a shit. Show one little image of him threatening, threatening Batgirl, him dressed up as the, in the killing joke, everyone loses their minds. And it was it was interesting. It, it's interesting that this has happened. It's interesting that people react to it. But at the end of the day, it's just all very, very silly. You know, it's silly that it has happened. It's silly that people have let it happen. And I think DC has not handled the whole event well. And it's just say like, they could be handled a lot well. And they could have they could have made this a lot better. Like they could their marketing department can handle it a lot better, but they didn't they didn't bother to address it. Everyone went off and they were staying and this being said this and this and this and it been it's ongoing developing as well, like like words coming out from D C, words coming out this, that, left, left, right, send from the artists and you know. Personally, I don't really care. But again, it's being talked about, it's news, you know. It's just how it goes, unfortunately. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's all I have to say about the whole matter. This will happen when you get people running the company that don't know what they're doing. Constantly. All the time. You know, I just, I just think that... I just think that it's really disappointing that we live in an age when censorship is still prevalent in the media. Like, we can't have anything without offending anybody. And, 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 and I just, I don't like censorship. I really don't. It's one of those things that really pisses me off that I think that we as a society have grown past it. We shouldn't really care if we offend anybody because guess what? Art is, art is art. If it offends you, it, it's mental. Yeah. And, well, I, I, I said, I said this um, already, um, but I totally agree with this. Um, I totally agree agree with this. Is that someone? Um, this this just this, this is what I said. Is that um, I'm trying to think of the words to put it in, you know. And um, the words are that um, um, there was this meme that went around and um, it had a picture of the Joker and it said, show the Joker kill thousands of people, 
everyone's fine with it. Show the Joker dress up in the Killing Joker and threatening Batgirl, everyone loses their minds. Oh yeah, where's the outrage for the cover with him sitting on the, the body of dead corpses laughing? Yeah. <laughs> or, or better yet, you remember the whole storyline? You, you remember the whole issue with Batgirl? It's, it's kind of weird that Batgirl is regarded as one of their best comics at the moment in most aspects. But it seemed to drive the most controversy from them at the moment. You remember the whole storyline with the fact that someone was dressing up as Batgirl and it turned out to be a bloke? Oh, yeah. The old cross-dresser thing? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because all these people keep bitching about, oh, we want more representation for trans people. You get it, but it's like, oh, well, she's transphobic. No, she's not. Trans people, gay people are people. In the long run, and they're going to be good and bad people. Yeah. You know? It's... You can't have your cake and eat it, too, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's it's kind of, of a shame that this has happened. A load of people got upset. Again, it had to do with Batgirl. Again, you know? <sighs> and it's unfortunate because um, they seem to have a load of controversy when it comes to Batgirl a lot recently. And it's and it's really funny that Dan DiDilo and uh, Jim Lee come out and say, "Oh, we're gonna we're getting rid of the New Fifty Two and we're gonna give creators more freedom and all that shit." So by giving creators more freedom, you mean censoring their work and not be, not allowing it to be published, right? <laughs> yeah, I and mean, it was like um, it was bizarre, you know. And it was just weird. And and also, like, the writer has not made... You know, Cameron Stewart, he's a fucking dipshit as well, because he, he's not made it easier on Twitter. He's been blocking people left and right who said anything positive about wanting that cover, and he blocked someone who said that they looked up to Batgirl. That's how much of a dickbag he is. Yeah, the artist has been not helpful. DC has not been helpful. Like, and again, you know, he they shot themselves in the foot, and now the cover's everywhere. Had they just ignored it, it would have just stayed there, gone under the radar, no one would have cared about it, and we'd all moved on. But they made a big deal out of it, people t- took notice of it, and because you ban it, more people are going to want are going to want it now. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. This, you, I guarantee you, you're going to get this image all around comic conventions now. People are going to try to bootleg the oh, image. People, people are printing it in, in, uh, on t-shirts now. Yeah. But let's be fair, it's a really cool cool cover. Yeah, I mean, Raphael is a great artist. He drew, check out his work on uh, American Vampire. Fantastic stuff. It's just, again, it's like DC's doing this whole rebranding at the moment, and I think this is not helping them trying to go into this whole new stage, you know? With, 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 with I mean, just ignore the people complaining. It's a variant cover. Like I said, it's a variant cover. It doesn't get shipped out to, many, to, that, to, that, many com- to that many stores. And even if it did, kids aren't going to come in and, and see it, you know? So what? It's a bit dark and gritty. It's like, you know, it's Batman. Batman has, for the larger majority of the time, for the last... No, it's it's the Joker, for yeah. fuck's sake. What do you expect? Are we, supposed to, are we supposed to tone him down now? 
<laughs> well, considering that this is probably the most darkest the Joker's ever been in a long, long time in any of the Batman inter- interpretation, the new 52. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he recently just like, chopped off Alpha's hand or something like that recently? Yep. <laughs> no one complained about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I mean. It's just like little stuff. When, when, when I hear little stuff like that, I'm just like, okay, you do that. And where's the, where's the outrage for the Superman cover with him smiling evilly with blood on his hands? Yeah. No complaints. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, they've shown off all these new images and stuff like that recently, and, and you know, it's just like, and everyone seemed to be fine with it, you know? Oh, Justice League Dark, their newest issue. Yeah. Constantine looking down, standing over the dead bodies of his t- former teammates. That's okay. <laughs> Or the fact that they changed every single character in the new 52 into new characters going to phase them out, new phase out the 52 and bring a whole new era of comic. Everyone's fine with that. Okay, and also um, Batman looks a hybrid between the Pacific Rim robot and um, uh, Chibi. Yeah, okay, everyone's fine with that. Oh, you reminds me of Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't mind that. I, I mean, I don't mind that because, again, it's... At the end of the day, it's not fucking real. It's just comics. None of these people exist. You know, it... It, it breaks my heart, because, again, you don't understand, like... With fiction, you need the bad guy to be... To, you need to, to give people a reason to hate the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and one of the best moments that come out when people think of the Joker is uh, Killing Joke. That's what they think of. That's the the moment that where Joker went from being just another villain that Bat- Batman punched every month to a psycho. Yeah, and let's be honest, the new Fifty Two, why it did have a rocky start, got better. Ooh, Ooh got a lot better. Got a lot better, <laughs> and it just recently there's a load of new people came in. They don't like the new 52. They want to go back before the new 52. They want to do a whole new crisis, which they're not going to call it crisis. And Oh, they already did that future's end, and there you go. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's a lot of stupid stuff going on with DC. It's just like... Uh, we, we, I mean, again, I don't mind that. I don't mind any of that because, again, like I said, I don't get attached to it. I don't care. Yeah. Because it's not real. No. And this and the Batman stories that I love growing up and reading, they're still there. Yeah. I mean They're still getting re they're still getting reprinted, they're still getting re released constantly. And it's still talking you know, uh, people are still talking about them, you know? Yeah, I mean it's still there. None none of it went away. If you're that upset about the new fifty two and all that stuff, then fine. Just don't read the current product, you know? No one ever really get, reads Batman comics when they come out as single issues anyway. They just wait for them to come out in trades. Oh, yeah. That's what I do with most of my trade stuff. That I, I, I'm a guy who likes getting the trades, to be honest. I don't, like, I don't mind getting the old comic now and again, but I prefer to get the trades. Yeah, I mean, it's just... But, uh, you know, back to, back to my main point. Like, they made a big deal out of this. They pussied out... Instead of just saying, hey, it's a variant cover, you don't, you know, it's not going to be everywhere. It's not going to be everywhere. And it's not just a random cover we made to, just for Batgirl. We made other covers for other characters as well as part of Joker Month. Absolutely, yeah. You know, that's the whole point of 
of these variant covers, which is to sell, to, to sell, you know, more single issues. Yeah. Because you're gonna have collectors go out to comics and find the variant covers and buy buying them. Absolutely. Yeah. Say, hey, yeah. I hey, I own this. Absolutely, and it's just like, like the same with one off as well. That's the reason why they make one off comics, you know, because because yeah. more of the time the one off comics more than likely won't get reprinted back on paperback, you know. Yeah. So it's like uh, the Punisher kills. What was it kills the Marvel Universe? I haven't seen that being reprinted yet, properly. If it has, it's probably out of print oh, already. You know, when it comes to Mar- when it comes to Marvel, they suck ass when it comes to re-releasing their old stuff in paperback. Oh yeah, large majority of the time, I would say, if it's like older than ten years, you're gonna have a hard time trying to find it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks to the wonders of digital digital. Um, services you can find most of that stuff anyway oh yeah absolutely and um i think the going with the just i'm gonna try to sum up this whole thing it's just that i like reading comics and the thing with with comics is that it's like every single other form media film television books literature poems anything like that it's a form of art which is expressive. Yeah. And by sensing expressivity, you are basically going against what media is. It's a form of expression for the last majority of the extent of it. It's a form of art. Yeah. And I think that's what people are getting pissed off about. Yeah. I mean, it. when you censor, when you say, when you, you know, again, it goes back to the Game of Thrones quote, where you, if you cut off a man's tongue, you're not proving him a liar. You're just silencing him because you don't want to, you don't like what he has to say. Yeah. And that's 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 all there is to this. Censorship sucks, and I, and I hate that the fact that we're still living in a world where it exists. But that's 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 all we can do about it. Yeah. And you know, I want to I want to end this on a good note. I don't want to end this on a fucking depressing note of censorship and all that shit. So I wanna I wanted to take a moment and talk about one of my um, I wanna I wanted to talk about um, while we're on the subject of comics, I wanted to talk about what was it. Uh, the event, the Avengers trailer, because we didn't really talk about that that much. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I see. Because I want to end it on, on a good note. Yeah. I don't wanna, you know. Well, what do you think of the Avengers trailer? I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. I thought it was pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with it. I love. I laugh my ass off when Thor said, "Is that all you got?" And you see a whole swarm of Ultron bots running towards them, and you see Captain America slowly turn to forward. You had to say it, didn't you? <laughs> and I, also, Vision looks amazing. Oh yeah, Vision. He I looks... wasn't expecting to see in the trailer. I thought, okay, they're going <laughs> to keep him hidden, but no, it's, it's extreme, extreme close up on the face. But you know, bam, he's there. Oh shit! Oh, damn. Okay, that's actually quite a clear image of him. <laughs> Psst, Fox, this is how you show your characters in the trailer. Yeah, and the thing I like about it. The thing that referenced in this trailer, the reference just not Tony Stark that created Ultron. 
Like, yeah. it sounded like Bruce Banner had a hand in it as well, you know? And I think, let's be honest, I think Hank Pym's name's going to get brought up in there somewhere. <laughs> He's going to have some sort of help in making Ultron. <laughs> so, everyone's being mad about, oh, Hank Pym doing a great Ultron. He did, but he didn't. Like, he helped create Ultron, is the best way to put it, you know? <laughs> so, take your cake and just enjoy it, is the best way to put it. I do like um, Ultron. The more I see of him, I, I wasn't sure about the design, but the more I see it in motion, the more it looks good. And like, I think they even really good. I think they even said that it's um, that's not his final form. Oh, <laughs> I think that has been rumored. I think Marvel let that one slip. So well, they already they already showed the fucking shield break, which is kind of disappointing. I'm I'm annoyed about that. They should have kept that a fucking secret. You know, they should have kept that as tight a for. They should have kept that as much as a secret as uh, the Mandarin twist. Remember? Oh god, that was stupid. I know a lot of people didn't like that, but you know, they should have kept it that much as a secret as a big shocking moment. But you know, no, no, it it's it going to have to be in it because you know. We gotta get the comic fans to approve of this shit, you know, because oh god, there's some stupid stuff. But um, <laughs> uh, well, if you want to talk about stupid stuff, how about fucking Black Widow using glow sticks as weapons. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like she's going to a rave. <laughs> Dion Blue. <laughs> but I'm happy for the trailer. I think. Yeah, again, I think Marvel's going to have a huge hit on their hands this summer with Age of Ultron, the Avengers film. I think it's quite clear that I think this is going to be the film that break up the Avengers. I think that is heavily, heavily, I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's finally going to tie up all the Hydra stuff very early on in the first act of the film. I think Hydra is going to be done and dusted with most large majority of the part, you know? I don't want to see them right off... Uh... Stroker that that fast because I think he has potential to be a good villain. Oh yeah, I, I think so too. But I think let's be let's, let's be realistic here. I think Hydra has run its course within the Marvel universe. I think they're done now. I think they're done. I because I, I recently rewatched uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, and I think that they worked well in that because again, it's a spy thriller yeah. and all that stuff. But uh, the biggest problem I had with that movie, and looking back at it again, is that. They introduced Hydra, and I'm like, yeah, you guys have nowhere to, you have no idea what to fucking do with them now. <laughs> well, again, they've been using Hydra a lot in Age of the Shield, and I think they're slowly starting to phase Hydra out from that, and I think they're going to be focusing on the humans now on Age of the Shield, you know? But I generally think that Hydra, the large majority of Hydra is going to be done and dusted by, um, by Age of Ultron. I think they have to. It, they obviously have to go after Hydra. The Avengers obviously have to go after the Hydra, and they obviously are going to have to beat them, you know? Hmm. And if they don't... Yeah, great hero, guys. The biggest villain group in the world is... You know, you, you, you're not dealing with that. I'm kind of disappointed that they're going with Civil War with Captain America 3, because I thought that for sure Cap Stroker was going to be the main bad guy for Captain America 3. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing they can go with. I think 
they've gone with Civil War because it's more recognisable name, and I think everyone wants to see those two fights. Everyone wants <laughs> Captain America fight Iron Man. I think everyone wants to see that draw happen. You know, it's like let's be honest. I think. For non-comic readers, Civil War, they know about fucking Civil War. It's like people I know who don't read comics know about Civil War. And I'm just like, wow, well, I wonder if you know Civil War. Oh, I read about it. Do you know anything what happened before that? Oh, I know the one side got Captain America, one got Iron Man, and there's heroes fighting heroes. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And it's just like... I think it is the right decision to do, and I think it is a right way to wrap up the story with the current Avengers because we all going to know that they're going to get they're going to do Avengers. Like I said, like, like I said, Avengers two is going to be the the dark point, and it's going to be the movie where everyone turns on Tony in the end. On the in the end, yeah, I think that's going to be the film where everyone break up. Thor's going to go back to Asgard. Um, Captain America's not going to be with him. I know. Um, Probably Hawkeye and Black Widow are going to go there in separate ways as well with each other. Or, um, well, if if ever they're going to make that Black Widow movie that they keep talking about constantly. And um, Hulk, I, I I'm curious to see what's going to happen to Hulk because I have no idea. Because oh. he's going <laughs> to end up in space, and I hope that's not the case because we know he's going to end up because the rumor is that he might turn up in the Guardians Guardians Two film. That would be awesome. I'd actually pay to see that. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool because you could do like you can do Planet Hulk in the sense in some sort of capacity. Then you know, but you have because I think this is annoying with the Hulk. I think everyone wants a second Hulk film, but you know it's just going to happen if Universal is not going to dish out the fucking money on it. Because that first movie flopped, <laughs> exactly, and and also it didn't connect with everyone let's be honest like a lot of people did not get it i mean i mean no 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 here's the thing notice how whenever they they show footage of the marvel cinematic universe they never show footage of that hulk movie i think the only, they're ashamed of it i think the only hulk the only bit for that hulk film they actually show off is probably the fight with with him and abomination i think that's the only thing they oh you remember. mean that the, the 11 minute cgi fest oh yeah yeah that, yeah that 11, 11 minute cgi fest which by the way they abomination's still alive but no one's seen mm-hmm. the mention <laughs> oh, oh, you want more bullshit? How about the leader build-up that went nowhere? <laughs> yeah, Because he, he was in that movie, but, you know... Oh, hinted the, at him. the leader. Yeah. <laughs> they hinted at him hard in that movie, and then it was like, oh, we're going to make another one, we're going to make another one. No, you're not. <laughs> well, because the weird thing was, wasn't the original idea for the first Avengers film was the fact that they were going to fight the Hulk? Wasn't, like, the earliest plot synopsis of that whole idea? Like, they want to build up for some sort of comparison, like, they fight the Hulk, and then they all team up with each other, and they fight some sort of evil, and... Though plans would drop. No, originally, originally it was supposed to be the Skrulls because they they originally thought that Fox was gonna lose the rights to the Fantastic Four, but nope. Well, again, I think that's the reason why they're gonna go more the Civil War route now because uh, Marvel got their Golden Child back. He's been away, but he's he's had a few <laughs> knocking bruises. He he's been a bad mm. kid. He's he's hanging out with the wrong people, but he's back home. He's, he's going to be looked after now, and everything's going to be all right. 
Hopefully, if they but no more no more origin movies, please. No. no. All you need to do with Civil War just have Peter Parker there as a photographer. You hear him, you just see him there. He has he says a few words either the cap cap or Iron Man. You see you see some sort of explosion goes off. The character turns around, and then when he turns back around, all you hear is the sound of the web shooter going off. That's it. That's all you need from him, from Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> and then when you do the Spider-Man film, you can establish that he's been Spider-Man for about a year or so, you know? Already. Mm. That's all you need to do with, with him, you know? But you say, you can even have the guy who plays Daredevil turn up in the Spider-Man film at one point. God, they're still making that Sinister Six movie. Why? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Sony still want to make the Sinister Six films for some odd reason. I don't know why, but... Uh, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But um, I digress a lot. <laughs> and it has a release date and everything. 11th of November 2016, so... <laughs> well, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. It's like, they plan to do a Spider-Man film, and um, if they are going to do a Spider-Man film, good on them. And I think if you're going to do a Spider-Man film... If you want to up the ante with it, make him fight not a, okay. There's two ways you can go with it. You can make him fight not a big villain, but not like a majorly powerful one. Like have like a shocker or a Mysterio, you know. I'd love to see Mysterio. Yeah. In that. That's if, the one villain. I've, that's the one villain I've been waiting for ever since they announced Spider Man. Yeah. And if you're not going to go that route, like you're not going to up the ante, you, you want to up the ante, you want to give him someone like powerful, do Vulture or Scorpion. You know? And then you can have like cameos from, you can have a cameo from the Kingpin in it. It will fit. It makes Oh fun. God, have you, have you seen the Daredevil trailer now that you yeah, mentioned that? Yeah, yes I have. I like it. Oh, that looks amazing. Well, this is what I mean. It's just like, the guy who's playing the Kingpin, I think he signed on for a multiple deal contract, so... Holy shit, he... Holy shit, he's fucking creepy. Oh, he's huge. He's creepy. <laughs> he's creepy, he's huge. Uh, when I look at him, I went, yeah, that's the Kingpin. Holy shit. I, I... You know, balls in your court, Marvel. Don't, don't fuck it up. <laughs> well, it's like... You can have Daredevil turn up in the Spider-Man film as a cameo, you know, after credit sequence. Because the thing with Spider-Man, he'd be the perfect person to represent the street-level crime superhero like Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist, Jesse Jones, and Daredevil, you know? Yeah, because they, they are making a Defenders, like, movie, right? Or TV series or something yeah. like that. Oh, oh, they are. They're doing, like, a TV special with, with the Defenders on Netflix. So... I know this kind of stupid me saying this, but you can have Spider-Man turn up in the Defenders thing. Because the whole point with the Defenders, they fight the Kingpin. It's a bunch of street-level crime people to take on the big crime lords in um, in New York. Spider-Man could be a part of it, you know? So it's going to be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Yes. Hmm. And... Possibly they can use Spider-Man as well. Because, like I said, I mean, I like the fact that they built up a universe, but I want to see more crossovers. I think that... I think the Netflix thing's probably going to do that. Because I think the Netflix stuff is going to be darker. You know? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Fucking... 
because that's that's one of the, the complaints that people had about the Marvel Cinematic Universe from day one. It's quote unquote not dark apparently, and they're like, okay, you want dark? Here you go. Here's Daredevil. He's bleeding. No, no, because with with Netflix you can get away with shit that you can't with a PG thirteen rating because you know blame the studios because they're too scared of giving um the superhero movies R ratings. Oh yeah, absolutely, and it's just like. With the Netflix stuff, you can do that. And I'm going to love what they're going to do. They even got David Tennant to be the purple man. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is weird. <laughs> and when I saw something, I call, I never heard of the purple man. Personally, I've never heard of it. I looked at the character's side, and I was just looking away. I can see these, I can see David Tennant playing that guy. He looks a lot like him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and <laughs> it, You know what I mean? I think the balls in Marvel Court, they have literally got everyone in the palm of their hands and it's just at this point you just think to yourself how can they screw it up you know and a lot of people think oh they're going to screw up here they're going to screw up here they're going to screw up here and every single time when people say oh they're going to screw up they prove them wrong you know and it's just like I, I think the biggest thing that they need to prove to me is not the Avengers is like Ant-Man because that's the movie that really needs to wow me oh yeah Ant-Man is it, I think it's going to be one of the weaker films. I think it's not going to do as well as Guardians, which that's that's the yeah. Because because the problem with that trailer is like it gave everything away. It's like who 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 why he's doing this, why he becomes Ant Man, gave pretty much the introduction scene away. So you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know who Yellow Jacket is, you know who this, you know that. Da, da, da. I think with Ant Man they're going to play that one safe. I think they have to. You know? Yeah, because there's, cause there's not a lot of advertising for that compared to Avengers. <laughs> Do you wonder why? Well, again, Avengers is going to be their huge moneymaker. Avengers is going to... Have, have you actually seen the predictions for that film? How much they think that film's going to make? How much? They reckon that's going to that's gonna reach the two, two billion mark. <laughs> uh... Well... I would not be shocked considering that the Avengers film within, like, what's it? I think it broke the world record for most gross money for a film ever. For for within a weekend period. And a never know period. We never know with sequels, though. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, you never know with sequels. And it's like, well, again, look at, like, Batman Begins in a Dark Knight. That was a sequel. It made a load of money. <laughs> you know? But it, it's curious, like, and also the weird thing is, it's like, it's like Marvel's owned by Disney, and Disney at the moment are on top of the world. They seriously are. Oh, wow. Oh, it's the third uh, highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's just that you can understand why the track records, people are predicting it to hit the two billion mark, right? <laughs> well, anything to keep to, you know. Well, it, again, if you look at Disney, Disney's whole archive of what they're coming out this year. They got Avengers coming out in the summer. Then towards the end of the year in December, they got Star Wars coming out. Yeah, I think Star Wars is going to wreck everything. Like, that's going to... Ooh. <laughs> that, that's that's going to, like, ruin every... everyone, like, at the box office for that... The, for that month... Oh yeah, definitely. And I, it's it's go it's going to work. It's like again, it's like Disney own all these properties. They own Marvel. 
their own locus films. It's like let's let's just say for some amazing reason, Avengers does not sell as well as they want. They got a backup with Star Wars the same year. I think uh, Star Wars is going to beat Avengers. Like uh, I think that's going to make a lot more money than Avengers. You think Star Wars is going to make more money than Avengers? Yeah, I can see Star- that. I I can generally see that. Because Star Wars always makes a lot more money, even even those god awful prequel movies made a shit ton of money at the box office when they first came out. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that this is another interesting thing about this as well is that is that this film um, when this film came out, when the Force release came out, keep this in mind, it's been te- over ten years since the last Star Wars film. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand five, Revenge of the Sith, and. Um, I think, um, do you think Disney as a company got more to prove with Star Wars or the second Avengers film? Star Wars, because everyone's uh, still kind of iffy about them when Star Wars. Yeah, with with Lucas completely, again, I don't want to come off here as sounding like a nerd, but um, George Lucas drove a load of people away from from the Star Wars product for a long time, and um, Disney got the rights, and I think Disney got to prove themselves. With the- I mean, like I like I said on Twitter, Star Wars Episode Seven is going to be that movie that's going to divide that fan base even more because there are going to be two sides: there are going to be people who like it and people who hate it. And there's no not going to be an in between. Guarantee you, right now, there's not going to be an in between for that movie. Definitely. Yeah. Because with Abrams, you know, he's got people who hate him, and he's got people who like him. So, you know, could go either way. But I think we've rambled on long enough, and we need to wrap this up. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. I've got to so, realize uh, the time. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.